Hello, this is Dennis Thomas with Things That Matter, where we speak about everything from faith to finance and all things in between. So I wanted to talk about these arguments that exist for there being some higher being in our world, and not necessarily even God, although that's what I believe, but it could be anything that's beyond us as human beings. And there's three main arguments that are out there, actually, probably one or two more, but the ones that I like to focus on, things that I've read about, I find so interesting. One is a cosmological argument. It basically states that there's a universe and there could be nothing. So let's say people would state that the Big Bang occurred, what would we say, 14 to 16 billion years ago, but even though the Big Bang did occur, it, nothing could have happened as well, right? So it didn't, it didn't have to produce a universe. It just happened that it did produce a universe. So the cosmological argument uh, basically just argues that we have a universe here and it gives an argument for, for God. You also have the moral argument. So this is, uh, again, arguing that as a whole, generally speaking, we all understand and recognize that there are some things that are right and some things that are wrong in this world. And that can only happen if you had something outside of humanity that would be a standard for what's considered good and also something outside of humanity that would be considered a lawgiver. And the third one is a teleological argument. It comes from the Greek word telos, which is purpose or goal. And this states that... It's basically the design argument that things are made for a purpose and there's a reason that we are here on this earth. There's a reason why there is a universe and things are done with some type of thought behind them, with some type of design, with intention. And so these are the three arguments. Now, the first one, cosmological argument, argues that there's a universe and it had a beginning. And so someone must have caused this to be. I was listening to a podcast and it was stating that the Big Bang explains that things got here, right? But it doesn't explain why things got here. So you have the survival of the fittest, right? But it doesn't explain the arrival of the fittest. It doesn't explain how things got here. It just lets you know that things are here. And I think this argument, the cosmological argument, tries to give uh, a better or clear argument as to why things are here, or even more, more than that, just how things got here. And you need to have something that was outside of time, space, and matter, because prior to the Big Bang, you had no time, no space, no matter. So all that was created when the Big Bang occurred. Now... I don't believe in the Big Bang because the book that I read doesn't state that that's what happened. But if you did believe in the Big Bang, you have to now answer this question, what's the origin of space, time, and matter? And so the cosmological argument would explain that because you have time, because there was a beginning, and things like time, for example, didn't last forever, time started at some point, because space started at some point, and matter, you needed to have something that was outside of that to be able to create it, which is kind of like wild if you think about it. Some, something, someone is outside of time, and they're the ones creating time and starting this whole domino. One of these uh, 
little articles I was reading was telling me that if time existed forever and time was like a domino and you know how one domino hits another domino hits another one. If the dominoes were to pass by your front door, it would never come to your front door if time existed forever. Because it would just go on for infinity, so it would never reach you. <laughs> Take a second to think about that. And, I, and I've actually brought that up before on a, a previous podcast. But time did have a beginning. And we know that because time has an arrow which points forward. So you can't unbreak an egg. So t- time goes in a direction and it's always going forward. And this is what allows us to have conversations with people and talk about things that happened today, yesterday, tomorrow, or the future, things that may occur. The idea that we don't even know anything about the future. We just kind of guess for the most part, but we know things in the past really well. We're learning things in the present. So you think about this, something, someone that created time, needed to be outside of time. Same thing for space, same thing for matter. So we know God would be considered timeless. He's also considered spaceless. He's outside of those elements, and he's the one that's able to create it. And if these things didn't always exist, then the person that created this is someone that always exists. They have no beginning. And the Bible basically classifies God as that. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's everywhere at the same time. He has the ability to, he always existed, the Bible says. He never, he didn't have a beginning. And sometimes you get asked that question. It might be a silly question too, who created God? Everything was created in this world. We know this. God, however, was not. He always existed. And if you kind of kept playing that game, you would never come to an end if you always asked who created that and who created that and that everything needed to have a beginning or creation. But that's saying that God is like us. And what we're doing is we're comparing God to things that we know when really we can't compare God to things that we know because God is not like us and God is not like the things that we know. It's basically like trying to weigh a chicken with a ruler. We're asking the wrong question. So that's a cosmological argument. The next one's a moral argument. This one I love. Everyone understands and recognizes that some things are right, some things are wrong. We know that 9-11 was wrong, September 11, 2001. We know that killing innocent children are wrong. Rape is wrong. So there's things that exist that we know are wrong and people don't have to explain it to us. Even if you found someone that didn't think that was wrong, it still doesn't prove, because I've heard that argument, but there's plenty of people that kill in the name of whoever, right? Throw that, that line in there, that name and whoever, right? But that doesn't make what they do correct. It just shows that people sometimes go against the rules, but... There's still a rule that exists that those things, there's certain things that are morally wrong. C.S. Lewis, a Christian author, once had a quote, I love this quote, that the only way that we have or understand 
what a crooked line is is because we have some idea of what a straight line is. So if there's a line that's crooked and we could see that the line is crooked, the only way that we know that the line is crooked is because if we have some idea of what a straight line looks like. God would be considered that straight line in this type of scenario. God is considered good. He's the standard that we would compare things to. It couldn't be us because we're not always good. Sometimes we're good and sometimes we're not good. Sometimes we have good thoughts and sometimes we have impure thoughts. But the point is, is that you need someone like God in order for things to be wrong. Again, you think about the Big Bang. The Big Bang can't make something wrong. There's a difference between subjective morality where we feel something is wrong and objective morality where it's wrong and it doesn't, it's not based upon feeling. It's not based upon the subject, you and I. When something's morally wrong, or even morality, it's mind independent. It's wrong regardless of if you and I were thinking about it or if you and I were involved in making the decision of if it's wrong, right or wrong. Certain things are right and certain things are wrong. And it's a part of the system that we live in. It's one of those features that were here when we got here, like gravity. It's not something that we discover, invent. It's something that we found when we got here. And that's basically what morality is. It's something that's already part of our feature here. So laws require a lawgiver. Right and wrong apply our higher standard of law. Because it's not our standard. It would need to be someone that is perfect because that's how we know that the line is crooked because we have some idea of a straight line. That's why we know that certain things are wrong because you and I have an idea of what's correct. Moral law transcends humanity and it's true no matter the generation, whether we agree on it or not, it's mind independent. And that argument is so real because again, we look at objective morality versus subjective morality. Things are wrong not because you and I say that they're wrong. They're wrong because they are wrong, because there is a higher being, a higher calling that has already shown us what right looks like. And anytime anyone says that that innocent person died, or how could that be? We understand there's certain things that happen in this world that make us uncomfortable. And it's not necessarily murder. It could also be children having cancer. Anything that's considered off. Even that would be, again, it's only considered wrong because we have an idea of what is right. And the last thing is the teleological argument. And that, again, that comes from that Greek word telos, which means purpose. So we think about our ears are for hearing, our fingers for grasping, things that we do have a purpose, and that makes sense to us. If we lived in the life, let's say we lived a life here, and we didn't believe in God, and we believed strictly in the Big Bang, and that everything happened by accident, then what would be the purpose of some of the things that we do? How would we explain these invisible attributes that become so strong, feelings like love? and friendship, even anger probably for that matter, 
what would be the purpose? I think we understand how important relationships are, especially if you are approaching a time in your life of difficulty or if, let's say, you got a prognosis from the doctors that says that you didn't have a lot of time to live. At that point, we understand that relationships matter. And those things matter than anything else in our life, really. And for those that don't, don't have relationships, that's a big deal. Because as human beings, that's one of those main features that makes us human, is that we could tap into our emotions and have feelings and laugh and cry and have memories. But the teleological argument is basically a design argument. It's saying that everything is made for a purpose. And when we see even the design in our world, design implies a designer. If you looked at a watch, watches imply design. You would think a watchmaker. If you saw a book, books imply authors. Buildings imply architects. We think about DNA, right? A single strand of DNA is equivalent to one volume of the Encyclopedia Britannica. The human brain has approximately 10 billion gigabytes of capacity. DNA itself is an argument for design. Because how can the Big Bang create something like that? That's very difficult, right? How can the Big Bang create our mind? We have thoughts in our mind all the time. We have thoughts that are located in an area that if you took a scalpel and tried to open it up, you wouldn't find it there. But yet, the thoughts are so real in our mind. Our thoughts are really what allows us to operate every day. Everything that we do is based upon our thoughts. The person you marry, the job you have, the amount of money that you make, it all comes down to your thoughts. That's how real it is. Even the way we think about people, the way we think about religion, God, finances, it all plays a role. But this is an example of design. And design implies a designer. When we think about this earth that we live in and how it's built, it's called the Goldilocks planet because everything is fit just right for human life to exist. Discover Magazine said there's a 1 in 700 quintillion chance of life on Earth because that's how many planets are thought to be in the universe. So when we think about the idea of Big Bang and how everything came to being, so it was basically an uncaused first cause, which has never been seen before. We've never seen an uncaused first cause. Not only did the Big Bang create everything, because basically what we're saying is that life came from non-life. That's never happened before. Everything came from nothing. Not some things. We would have to state that everything came from nothing. Life came from non-life. Consciousness came from matter. And objective morality came from the Big Bang. So the Big Bang actually not only created everything, but also made things right and made things wrong. Imagine you and I lived in this world where we didn't agree on what was right and wrong. Now, there's some people out there that do disagree with that, right? And that's why we need military to protect us. But it doesn't negate the fact 
that certain things are right and certain things are wrong. And those things are pretty much implanted within us. Then that's something that you have to teach your children when they're born. You teach them certain rules that exist in this world because you want them to grow up to be good people. Again, we even use that word good. Where did that idea come from? But this is again something that is a part of our makeup. It's a part of our DNA. We are made in an image. The Bible says we are made in the image of God. And partly it's because there's certain things that we have within us that got here when we came. It wasn't something we invented or created. So these are the three arguments. Cosmological argument, moral argument, teleological argument. There's another one too, anthropic argument. I love these things because it does get you to think a little bit more. And I think that there are different ways of looking at this information. And obviously the way that I look at it isn't the only way. But the one thing I do agree is that this is the best explanation for the way things are. And that's why I believe what I believe. It's not to say that this is the only explanation. But I do believe 100% that this is the best explanation for the way things are. Because there's too many invisible attributes that exist in our world for us to think that it all happened by chance. And that there wasn't some intention behind it, that there wasn't some design behind it, and there wasn't some thought behind it. And we think about how much meaning our lives have. And for us to all think that one day we die, and everything that we've done in our lives dies with us, is scary. And it doesn't make sense to me at all. And we have what we need to make these decisions, to understand how things operate. And we take that information and we try to make the best explanation for it. And that's what I think this is, the best explanation for the way things are. Thank you.